Welcome to I Can Relate, where we talk about relationships from God's perspective. I'm your host, Chosen King Willie. On today's episode, we will be talking about part one, the newborn spirit, where it comes from, what the newborn spirit does, and how it functions. So let's take a moment to pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to enter the word, to hear what you have to say to us about the newborn spirit, Father, and about what you gave Adam before you brought his wife, Lord God, the helpmate suitable for him. We thank you for this blessed time in the word to just find out what you have to say about how relationships should be and how they should be governed, Lord. Thank you, Father, for all that are listening, all those who continue to listen and all those who will hear later. Thank you for every person uh, who has supported, will support, and for the continued support of just going out and doing what you've called me to do. Thank you, Father, for every last one of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's get started, guys. Where does the newborn spirit come from? For that, let's get started in Genesis 1, 26 through 30. If you have your Bibles, go there with me. We're going to Genesis 1, verse 26 through 30. When you get there, you can say amen. I may not be able to hear you, but you can say amen. Excuse me. Cough, cold. Then God said, and I'm reading down to the New King James Version. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us, let them have dominion. Excuse me, pardon me. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill up the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See that I see I have given you every herb that you'll see which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit you'll see to you it shall be for your food it shall be for food also to every beast of the earth to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life I have given every green herb for food and it was so So <coughs> That being said, God just told us that out of his out of his spirit, and we're going to get into it in uh, other verses here. Yeah, we're going to get into it the next verse. But out of God created the man and he created the woman from the dust of the ground. We know that we haven't really answered it in scripture yet where that. The, where the spirit of God um, made the men alive, but we're going to get into that and let's go there now so that way I don't have to talk about it before we actually read it. Let's read it. Let's go with me now from Genesis 126 through 30 to 
Genesis 2 and 7. And let's get started. And it says it's like this out of the New King James Version. And the Lord God formed men out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. <coughs> and like we talked about last time in the intro, if he became a living being, the question is, what was he before he became a living being? He was a dead being. But God breathed into man. The It says, in the Lord God for men out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So the breath of life was the spirit of God. And the Bible later goes on and talks about it. And we'll get into those things later as well. And in further um, in further podcasts, we'll go down that line and we'll, we'll get into some other powerful things. But he breathed into him that day that he created him, the spirit of God. Man had the same spirit nature as God had, or the same spirit as God had, with the same abilities, the same likeness. The Bible says he was made in the likeness and the image of God. So to be like God means he must have had the same thing or the same spirit that makes God God. Man had that. Adam had that. Now, we're going to go to my next point for where does the spirit come from? Go with me to John, the book of St. John, chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. Let's go there and let's see what it says. Thank you, Lord. This is a good study. This really is. The newborn spirit is one of the best studies you can take up. It will bless your soul for all my brothers and sisters that are born again. And all those who will become born again. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say unto you, and this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus, because Nicodemus had a question of, uh, basically, if you're a teacher from, come from God, and that's he had a statement of that Jesus was a teacher come from God, and he knew that only a person coming from God could do the, the things, the signs, the miracles that Jesus had done. So Jesus took the opportunity to explain to him that you must have the Spirit of God be born from above and be naturally born in order to see the kingdom of God. So let's go there. Let's go to uh, Genesis 3, 5 through 6. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, oh, that's verse 7. I'm going further. That's not where we want to go. That's it. That's for that point. So we, we, we got our first point in this. We know where the newborn spirit comes from. This newborn spirit comes from God and it comes from out of God. So it comes out of God. And since God resides in heaven, when you get born again, that same spirit comes out of God and it comes down and inside of you so it descends from on high from where God is into man's spirit and the old spirit is kicked out the new spirit the life giving spirit enters in that's shouting ground hallelujah we're gonna put that in there for y'all but that's shouting ground 
because your spirit didn't come from beneath. Your spirit is not earthly. You don't have an earthly spirit if you're born again. If you're born again, your spirit came down from heaven. The life-giving spirit or the spirit that lives in you now is from heaven. It's the same spirit that Adam had with Christ before the fall. The same spirit that was on Jesus that caused him to do all the miracles that he did. Okay, that's the spirit that's in them. Now let's look at point two. We're going to go to point two here. What does the newborn spirit, what, what's this funk or not functioning? What does the newborn spirit do? We know that it comes out of God. We know it comes down from God. And we know it lives inside of us. Now let's look at what does the newborn spirit do? And for that, we're going to go back to Genesis 1, 20, Genesis 1, verse 28 through 30. I'm getting over um, a cold, so bear with me, please. Okay. Also, to every beast of the earth. Oh, no, that's uh, 30. My bad. 28. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you. It shall be food for you shall be for food also to every beast of the earth to every bird of the air and to everything that creepeth on the earth in which there is life I have given every green earth for food and it was so so what it does part of what the newborn spirit does and we can go back up and look at it um, and we are going to look at it in a minute when it talks about the things that um, when Adam was when Adam was born again, or when Adam came into existence, God commanded that spirit that was in him to be fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. That was the first command that man ever heard God say. And it's the same thing with us. When we came, when we first got born again, that's the same thing God spoke to us. Now, what that spirit does what the newborn spirit does is the newborn spirit has that command in it the newborn spirit is born of that command so what it it Adam had an assignment from God even after um even after what his we know that his spirit was born with a command in it and born of the command to be fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth, subdue, and have dominion. Part of doing those five things that God gave him was naming the animals because God gave him an assignment. Name the animals. And that was being fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth, subdue it, have dominion. He was to name the animals. And whenever Adam named the animals, 
That's what the animals became. Now let's look at my next point on this one. Let's go to Genesis 2, 18 through 20, which should go into that. If it doesn't, I'll find it. We'll get into it and we'll, we'll go there. But let's go. Genesis 2, 18. And this is what the spirit of God or the newborn spirit does. Let's look at it. And the Lord said, it is not good that man shall be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Talking about the woman now. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. (coughs) So Adam was alive, born of the command of be fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth, subdue it and have dominion. And now we see here in verse 18 that God has given him an assignment to carry out because of his nature, his newborn nature. Let's keep reading the rest of verse 19. And whatever Adam called, whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20. So Adam gave name to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was no, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So he didn't find, Adam was looking for his help, obviously, in the assignment that God gave him. Because it says, out of all the cattle, there was not one found. So if there was not one found, that must mean he was searching for one. Therefore, we know he got a, He had the spirit of God. He had an assignment for God. And he was looking for the help me in the assignment. Because he heard God say, it's not good for man to be alone. This is good. We're going somewhere. Let's look at the next one in this one. We go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. Let's go there and see what the word of God says. Thank you guys for taking this journey with me and being there on this podcast with me. Let's get there and see what the word of God says to us. All right, we're going to 2 Corinthians 4.13. And it reads this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I speak. We also believe and therefore we speak. And I'm going to go even further. Listen to this. Knowing that he who raised Jesus up, who raised up the Lord Jesus, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us, present us with you. Now, that's the Apostle Paul going into further detail talking about the resurrection of Jesus. The reason why it was so important that I read that is because when Adam fell, he went from spiritual life to spiritual death. When Jesus died on the cross, he died, died physically and spiritually. So when he rose, for him to get up, he had to rise spiritually first. So Jesus was the firstborn from the from spiritual death to spiritual life and raised up. The resurrection or the him getting up was because that newborn he got born again in the bowels of the earth or in hell. And that born again spirit is free and got up because that spirit could be fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. 
that command is in the newborn spirit. So that spirit couldn't be held by death. That spirit got up. That's why Jesus got up. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's why I shared that. Because in talking about that, it it, it gives a, a, a great caveat for what we're going into next of how the spirit, how that spirit functions. What it says, what it does, it speaks. And it speaks by what the word says. It speaks the word and stands on the word. So that's what it how it functions. The functioning of that spirit is I see what the word of God say. I speak it. I stand on it. And I like I I watch the the performance or watch the word perform itself in my life. So that's what it does, but it's also the function of it. Let's go to the next point. How does the newborn spirit function? We'll go to second. We just read Second Corinthians four thirteen and fourteen. So let's go fourteen and thirteen and fourteen, because that blessed us. And I'm I'm praying that you was blessed by that. Now let's go to Genesis seventeen and five. I want to see, I want to show you guys something here. Let's go. We're almost to there. Okay. It says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. This is Jesus talking to Abraham, telling him because he promised Abraham a seed and that his seed would be more numerous than his son, he'd make him a father of many nations. So he spoke this to Abraham when Abraham's wife was still barren. So we know from this that God calls those things that be not as though they were. Meaning in the present, Abraham wasn't the father of many nations. But God spoke it in his present because by him speaking it, that was the the fulfillment was going to come because he spoke the word to Abraham. Now Abraham had a choice. He could connect to it in faith and receive the promise and keep and keep the promise in his heart by God said it I believe it that settles it or he can let it go by well Lord you you said it but I I don't see the fulfillment of it no he decided to walk in integrity he decided to show that God was integritous by saying God said this not myself, God said it, so I believe it, and that settles it. On this third point, let's look at James 2, 14 through 26, and this should help. It's going to help solidify this point. Let's go there. One of my favorite books, let's go. We're almost there. Okay. James. Yep. One, two, fourteen. And it reads, What does it profit, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But some will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. So you can be called a friend of God by taking God at his word and believing God, even in the midst of your circumstances and situations that contradict the word. (coughs) Excuse me. You see that you see then that a man is justified by works. And not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so your your body can't live without the spirit in it, but your spirit can live without the body. According to James 2.26, so faith without works is dead, so the so faith must be the body and the works must be the spirit. Because if it says the body uh so if the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So if you have faith, you should be doing the work. Meaning that if the Bible says that anything, whatever it says, if it says that you're supposed to walk in love. And that's how your faith is going to work. Then you can't say, well, I don't have to work in love. My faith is still working. It's active. No, it's not. By works of love or the things that God will show you to do that, uh, show your love towards others. And we can go into it. I'm not really trying to touch it. And I I can explain it later. Um, Whatever he says do in the word. By you doing it, that shows your faith. Or that's the, the activation of your faith. Your faith is not activated by merely um, mental ascent or by saying, oh yeah, I believe that, but faith is com- is activated and made active by what you're doing with what the word says. So people can, I've heard people say for years, oh, I believe certain things about the Bible. I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, but they, they act contrary to what the word of God says. So they don't really believe it. They mentally agree with it, but they don't believe it. Because when you believe it, it says faith works. Uh, faith without works is dead. So if faith without works is dead, then you can't have faith in something you're not currently acting on from what the word of God teaches us. And we see that. So that's the three things about this newborn spirit. That I want to really imprint on you. It comes from a certain place. 
it does it uh, operates a certain way, and it does and it's fu- well it comes from a certain place. What it does and how it operates. The what it does is speaking the word into its situations and putting the word on every situation. And we went through that, those three scriptures. Where it comes from is from above. We know that. It comes from out of God's spirit. Comes out of his Holy Spirit comes your newborn spirit. And it comes down and the old spirit is kicked out. We know that. We know what it does by speaking uh, those things that be not or speaking the word of God into a situation and causing it to change. How it functions. We just seen that it functions by faith in the word or by action. Your actions coupling with your faith is what activates this newborn spirit to function a certain way. Not that your newborn spirit can't function, but it functions a certain way based off faith in the word and acting on what the word says. (coughs) So action plus faith equals activation or function of the spirit. So we found out how to function or how this newborn spirit functions. So in closing, that's all I have for today for you guys. In closing, we know that the newborn spirit comes from above and out of God. We know it speaks those things that be not or it speaks the word to every and any and every situation and circumstances, no matter how bleak or how drastic the situation is or how dire. And then the third thing we know is it speaks the unseen word of God, which you can see it, meaning that you can't see the word doing anything to change it but it speaks the word to the circumstances of the situation and it speaks the word it causes the word to go and apprehend that situation so by speaking the word is literally causing the word to apprehend the situation and bring it under the word's control and authority so it's Fulfilling by speaking the word is literally fulfilling the five things that the that spirit, the law of that spirit, which means be fruitful, multiply, fill up the earth, subdue it, have dominion. That's what that's why the newborn spirit speaks is to subdue and bring under all things that it's supposed to bring under. Bring it into subjection, bring the the life of the newborn spirit in this earth suit it's bringing it into subjection to that newborn spirit so it speaks in order to bring all things into subjection hallelujah hallelujah that's my time thank you guys for being great listeners thank you for tuning in to I Can Relate and to our part one of our series The Newborn Spirit I'll be with you guys in another week. Next Saturday, we'll be dropping the next one. And you guys have a blessed day, blessed week. Thanks for listening. And we'll get back with you guys again next week, part two. Talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.